it is. Aries and Andy, you and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. Yo, been a couple weeks. Hey, uh, are you, are we good? We're good. Um, <clears throat> so what's going on, man? Uh, you just want, a quick head. Yeah, huh? yeah. There's a couple things we need to get into before we get into it. Yeah, just a quick heads up, folks. Um, Andy and I, of course, are in the last week of not. Uh, being together in the same room uh, on, on this two-week hiatus. And, you know, the things we talked about that we said we wanted to take a look at was, <clears throat> that we're going to talk about today, uh, is the Donna Summer documentary that just aired on HBO this past Saturday. And then, unbeknownst to me, I found out that Andy watched a movie that my girl had held me hostage to watch. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to briefly talk about that. Um, and then Andy brought another movie to my attention uh, that we watched. And Did you watch uh, it? So we're going to talk. You watched what, it? White Man Can't Jump? No, no, no. The other movie with Jeff Goldblum and, and Donna Summer. Needed. Yeah, I, I watched it. I watched it this morning. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's why I was saying I needed another half yeah, hour. No problem, no problem. Between, yeah, yeah. That, between that and my pint of ice cream, uh, <laughs> nigga-itis clocked me um but but then you know andy had brought something else to my attention that somebody else had wrote in an email about and brought to my attention and we watched the, the tupac dear mama hulu documentary and we both agreed that that's one we need to do when we're in the same room because that shit was intense uh and and and, and again yeah we could do it not in the same room but they, it's like breaking out the fine china when the company comes over from out of town, you know, you, you, you gotta, you, you gotta set the table. We want to eat at the at, restaurant at while best. the food's hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying that to say we will be talking about that, um, next, next week. week. Yeah, man. This weekend, actually, while we're in Portland, that'll air for next week, the following week. Yeah. We're going to talk about Tupac D mama. Uh, so we, we want to save that one. Yeah, and we're and big shout out. We're going to be in Portland, so if you uh, if you listen to this on Wednesday or Thursday or any time before the uh, su- Sunday, we'll be out in Portland at Helium out there. So uh, grab some tickets. Portland, home of the butt naked, feeded white girls playing ukulele Indian style in the park. <laughs> I said that shit when I did Bill Bellamy's podcast, Top Billing, which I think will be out on June eighth or seventh, and he fucking died. Yeah. Because he was like, you know, because you know how comics, we get together and we always talk about where you're going, where you've been. And he was like, yeah, man, where you where you going? I was like, man, I'm going to Portland. He goes, I've never been out there. And I was like, yeah, man, home of the butt naked footed white girls playing ukulele in the park uh, in Indian style. He fucking died. 
Yeah, do you know right next to that club there's a there's a weed store. So I'm gonna I'm, Portland's all about I think weed, man. I, I, I had a dude hit me up on IG and was like, "Yo, man, if y'all come down here, I, I know the spot we could go to. I give y'all the best bud." Blah 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 blah. Dude, I mean, if dude, if you and I were really on some Cheech and Chong shit, I think we'd get so much weed it would be ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it would be painful because I don't think I'd get shit done. Because I right. I like to as you say, as if you ever listen to the earth, the podcast where I'm high I I like to just chill out and disappear so and that's right so well, a lot of times when you're on the podcast sober you disappear too so yeah <laughs> so that's uh that 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 really affects me um I I just wanted before we get started on anything uh do you are you been paying any attention to the NBA now yay. I, I don't Stay get, out of there. I don't understand your happiness to this. It, it doesn't. You don't understand. No, let me let me remind you. It let doesn't, me remind you. It doesn't From change. From North anything. Carolina, 6'6", at guard. That's yeah, why. But he wasn't playing. And it doesn't change. Uh, it wouldn't. I don't care if he won two it more games. It shuts the, 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 the Braun Vestites up. No, you know, someone said that if he would have, if he would have got to the finals and then lost in the finals, that would have been worse for him. Than losing it right now when he did. You know, that's like when people say to me, uh, yeah, but he went to 10 finals. Jordan got knocked out of the first round. And I said this in the most recent post that I sent. I said, listen, whether you get to the finals and lose or whether you get swept out of the first round, a loss is a loss. What the fuck are you niggas celebrating? That you almost got some pussy? Well, See, I, I think it's unfair. I would like, you know what? I would like to seen him get to the finals. I would, I wouldn't even care if he won. It doesn't change my opinion about Jordan being the greatest ever. It, ha- the greatest ever, doesn't necessarily have to even do with championships, like we said. It had, or, like Robert Ory has more championships. It doesn't make a difference. I, I just think that they're two different players. But who's had the most impact? Who's changed the game? Who's redid? It's Jordan, man. And I, I don't listen. Even, I, I, I don't. I, I don't want Brandon from the UK to take his gun and shoot uh, whatever listening device or, or the YouTube channel. Uh, Cause we, we talking just a tad bit about the sports because the NBA literally is happening right now. It's in its swing. We're, we're, right. We're, we're almost down to the finals. Well, matter of fact, we got one, we got one team. That's yeah, Miami and Boston and Miami's up three Oh. So again, Bradley for the UK, you know, we're men and we go dick in bowls. And this is what we talk about. We we go to strip clubs. We look at titties. We 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 drink beers. You know, we we jack off. We eat buffalo wild wings, and sometimes we jack off with buffalo wild wing juice on our fingers. So we don't know if we're sucking off jizz or fucking sauce. Brandon from the UK cocksucker. You know what's funny about this guy? Um, he still listens. Of course, he's still yeah. But I check YouTube, and he still not only listens, but he's talking shit. So I just don't understand how you talk shit and complain, but you're still in line for seconds and thirds who cares? and fourths and who, fifths. Who cares? He's listening. I, well, I give a shit, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't. He's, I tell you, he's, he's one of them dudes that like to wear, uh, a, like to have a ball gag in his mouth and wear fucking uh, uh, homo briefs and get his nuts stomped on by a chick named Majilda and some black patent leather with fucking boots. He likes that, that masochist shit, that S&M shit. 
Hey man, he likes to be abused. People who talk shit about it just add more to the add more. Add they add more. It just brings more people to go. What the fuck is this about then? And and that's how it works. Yeah, so so you know, I don't care. But do you uh do you give do you give uh uh do you, do you give Boston any chance to come back? No. Do you, are they going to win a game? No. I think Jimmy Butler, aka Michael Jordan's son, that fucking uh, rumor. Uh, he's on a tear, man. He's one of a kind. You know, someone did say. I think it, I forgot who it was. Now I forgot who it was. Might have been my dude out here in the Bronx. Uh, said uh, Jimmy Butler should be the one to play Michael Jordan. Yeah, I mean, they even somebody on the internet even showed Jimmy with a shaved head uh, next to Michael's face, and you know, there's a little bit of a slight resemblance. But uh, I, I, do, you don't believe that, do you? No, but I mean, as far as his no, no, do you? No, 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 I mean, do no, you no, 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 you don't, no, you? no. But as far you know, anything's possible. But no, I, I think someone would have, I, I, someone would have went and got <laughs> a a DNA test plan. <laughs> I think. Uh, uh, I I think he could play it. I mean, he could, he could fit the part, and he if he could act. I mean, yeah, from a from a from a from a basketball knowledge, IQ, and physical standpoint, he's he's one of the baddest. In the, and there's a reason why they call him Jimmy Buckets. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if they were to make that movie, I, yeah, I guess so. If he could act, but if he could act, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that too. But because Look, the- I don't have to do this, <laughs> I'm only doing it because it's part of who I am. When I come in a woman, I don't really have to come that way, but that's how I come. Rick, I, I know that may not have made the best of sense. I was trying to force, trying to force the issue. <laughs> uh, he only lets two sperm out because he shoots 50%. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you think when Jordan nuts, his tongue is out? <laughs> Definitely. Come on. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, you 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 think that that's the finals? Then it's Denver and it's my and in Miami. Yeah, I think it's going to be Denver. Yeah, boy, that boy Nokic, man, what is he? What what what, what European Serbian, is he? I think Serbian. Jesus, I didn't see the whole game, but that last game, did you see that? And LeBron said, when he shoots like that, you just got to tip your hat to him. Did you see that three he made? Yeah, on one leg with his hands going both backwards, hands, with both hands behind his head doing that. That that shot, man, that I can't understand. And he's done that before. It's not like it's, it's not luck. He's done it before. There's a there's a skill. He's done he's done before. But here's here's the thing about this dude. And this is what was funny. Uh, he was getting some shitty foul calls. He did get some calls that I didn't think. But he went on this one where he went to drive to the hole, <laughs> and he wanted to go uh. around LeBron. Did you, I don't know if you saw this? He wanted to go around LeBron, and he runs square into LeBron with his shoulder, and he looks at the ref like, "What do you mean?" And in his mind, he really thought, as slow as he is, that he was going to get around LeBron and be able to go. And in, in his mind, he believes that he made it. He did it. He ran straight. That was the worst. Dude, he, he got he got what I call Sinbad body. Like he's just awkwardly built, nigga. Like his hips and shoulders. Yeah, but that's why people just, can't get around him. This is what makes him great. That's part of what makes him great. But his skill level and the and the speed that he plays is is uh, yeah. Is you know it's it's a very controlled game and but when he runs down court that big ass dude runs down court it's just funny but he controls the game but uh, Jamal Murray man when he was playing oh, the Suns that fucking guy when he was playing the Suns I hated this dude I hated him uh, and, and you know a little uh, 
I, I didn't, I, we haven't been on, so I didn't say anything about the Suns. Yeah, man, we, we lost poorly. Uh, and uh, Monty Williams is gone because of it. But getting back to Jamal Murray, man, this dude, I really hated him. I really hated him. And then when I, and I knew he was good, but damn. Uh, he's someone to be contended with. He really is. It's just his game. Yeah, yeah no, nah, nah, man. They got they got a team, man. Uh, Caldwell Pope. Uh, I forget the other dude. Porter. Uh, yeah, Porter. Jesus, Brown. man. They they got a solid squad. I, I really don't see Miami beating them because I think Jokic is the X factor. Uh, it depends if you can get him in foul trouble. Like that's what they tried to do. This uh, this. Um, uh, that's what the Lakers tried to do. Get him in foul trouble. Get him out of the game. I think I think there was a mistake in taking that. Uh, I think they really should have worked at the end of the game to tie up the game and take it into overtime and really just worked on an eat. I try to figure out some way, multiple screens to get LeBron to an easier shot because if they could have got into the, into an overtime and Jokic had too many fouls, he would have been, he would have fouled out one more foul. I think he already had five. So one more foul, he's out. And then there was a chance, but these, both these teams were winded at the end of the, this game. Both both sides were like they weren't well, playing. The, their- uh, well, yeah. Well, the good news though is you know if Denver with their sweep, if Miami doesn't sweep, it just gives Denver a little bit more rest. That's the tough part. And and do they need? Uh, do, but is that going to be rusty then? So th- there's a little bit there's a little bit of gamesmanship coming up here. We're going to see how 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 it breaks out. I really think I really think, and this is just me. Um, I think the Celtics have a chance to win a couple games. I don't. I do. The Celtics? The yeah. Celtics are down 0-3. Yeah, I think they have a chance to win two games. I think they're going to be eliminated. Against Miami? Yep. Oh, no, dude. No. I, I just don't see you going out that way. They're too good of a well, team. Let me, well, let me just say this, and then we can... I, I'll jump off this, because I don't want to, again, get on the Michael Jordan rant. But like I said in my post, <clears throat> LeBron's only getting older. If he doesn't win another ring for the rest of his career and he retires at four and six, y'all want me to believe that's the GOAT at four and six? I think I, I, versus six and oh. And like Michael Jordan said, it ain't how you start, it's how you finish. I'm sorry. No. Nah. No, nah, I I I dis I disagree with you a little bit there. I, I don't think he's the GOAT. I think Jordan's the GOAT. But here's the thing. All right, then what are you disagreeing about? I, I don't think it's necessarily how you finish. He's his longevity. Jordan wasn't winning championships at the end of his career either. What are you talking about? Well, he did. His last game is a bull. He won a ring. You talking about the Wizards? Yeah. Nobody counts that. It's same age. That was an itch. They're at the same nah, age. that was an itch. The that, same first of all, age. nobody. He didn't get in. He didn't. He didn't play with the Wizards because he really went. Yo, I think I could win a ring. He did that to boost ticket sales, and he wanted to scratch an itch that he still had. No one really thought. He thought it would have been. He thought uh, it, his goal and thought a major accomplishment would have been if he would have took that bum team to the playoffs, which he almost did until tendonitis took his knee out and he had surgery. Prior to the surgery, they were on pace to make the playoffs. That was the goal. I understand what you're saying. I'm saying just, I, I don't, I, I, I would put him up. I would just look at it evenly. I wouldn't go to the end of the career. I wouldn't go just as their effect on the league itself, their effect on their teams, the effect on the NBA, <sighs> The effect globally, LeBron doesn't have that. And I'm not going to get into, like you said, this isn't going to be about the NBA. It's the NBA time right now. It's a season. I just, I, I don't understand. And I just think people have to go back and look if you just want to, just because he scored more points, you're talking about 20 years. 
he should score more points. And the ball was taken out of Jordan's hand to run the triangle. So that's another reason Jordan's, Jordan's points went down. So we're going to compare. Let's compare equally. And look at the effect that someone had on the game. It's Jordan. Brandon, you still there? <laughs> Brandon. Brandon, are you there, bloke? Mike, are you still there, mate? But, All right. Just want to make sure this yeah. motherfucker... We should stop that conversation, though, because we're, we we agreed upon it. Let's put it on a shelf unless someone brings something out worth talking about. But uh, NBA, I'm really excited about the finals. This is going to be a good finals, no matter who it is. I do think it's Miami, and I, obviously it's Denver, but I think it's going to be a great finals. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> uh, me and, for, for some reason, me and, me and my bro couldn't uh, figure out what we wanted to watch. We were supposed to be having sex, and uh, she didn't wasn't ready yet. She wanted to drink a little bit more Prosecco champagne. And so what I wanted to watch, she didn't want to watch. So before we got into a fight, almost got into a fight, and my dick was about to go on a vacation, uh, I said, I don't give a fuck. We'll, we'll just turn to something. And she put on this movie by Tom Hanks called A Man Called Otto. <laughs> And now I know why you packed. didn't like it. Now I nigga, know why. my dick was packed and, and at the train station, nigga, ready to go. It just was waiting for the uh, fat side chick friend in the movie to come stop him and tell him, man, you don't you tripping. Go love that girl. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> you know, this this obviously was a departure <laughs> from what we've seen Tom Hanks play because he's always super nice guy. And in this movie, he's supposed to be like this grumpy old widower uh, who lost the love of his life so much so that, you know, he's he's tried to commit suicide like three times in the movie, tried to hang himself, <clears throat> shoot himself in the face with a shotgun. Uh, and then I, I, I want to say asphyxiate, but do the thing where he's in the car. Carbon, yeah, where he's got the, yeah, the carbon, carbon dioxide. monoxide. Yeah. Before this movie was over, I tried to kill myself three times. <laughs> this is the slowest, saddest, most depressing movie I've ever seen in my life. It wasn't depressing. Oh, it's sad, but it's not depressing. Dude, it's depressing. No, because this is, is this supposed to be one of those feel good movies? No, it's a real movie. It's a real movie. It's it, it's about human connection and and the, the 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 love of how human beings can help bring love or help you figure out how to live again, even when you're at your most despair and your darkest hour. No, it's a spiritual connection too in there, and it's an amazing movie. Oh! an amazing movie your problem is like you just said you were ready to go fucking for it you were ready to fuck and that derailed the train there is no way you watch that movie Man, and nigga. think you're fucking afterwards you are not fucking we're watching this series right now on mgm called from and it's about these people that are trapped in this town that they can't get out of and during the day they're safe but at night if they're not all indoors which they know they have to be out from the woods come these monsters these killers these you people that look like human beings but are fucking like they turn into monsters they're brutal killers so before we decided or she decided on a man named otto she's like well let's just watch this, this show we've been watching right now season two is out we're on season one episode seven 
And there's a moment where this girl in the town who's kind of like a little loony slices this motherfucker's throat and the blood is shooting out this nigga's <laughs> neck. And I'm going, nah, my dick ain't getting hard off that. <laughs> you were not winning so, that but, day. Man, so between <laughs> the hesitation of sex, the fucking blood out of nigga's neck, and a man called Otto, nigga, my dick needed one of them hospital clears. You know what I'm saying? Where they rub the pads together and put them on. They could have put those on my balls and went clear. <laughs> my dick needed a jump start, nigga. You should have watched what love has to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I can I get dark for a minute? That might have made my dick off. <laughs> I know Ronald Williams is in the corner, like, what the problem is? <laughs> I, I, uh, I watch that to pregame every night. <laughs> yeah, man, shit. Beat the dick before you beat a bitch. Uh, yeah, man. So, yeah, that movie was just, ugh. And, and listen, again, that's why when I saw The Road to Perdition, uh, Petition, whatever it was, where he played the gangster. Yeah. But even in that, like I said, he was he was a gangster and he was a little bad, but it still felt Tom Hanks nice-ish. Even in him playing a grumpy, bitter old man, there was still some Tom Hanks nice-ish. Whereas one of my favorite movies, as good as it gets, with Jack Nicholson. Jack knows how to play an asshole. Yeah. And still be lovable while being an asshole. But see, you Tom, I was like, man, this I know what he's trying to do. But nah. No, but see, that's the point of the movie. See, there's a, there's a couple of things to this movie that you just completely missed because you were you were in another you you were you I was wa- in I was in bitter dick syndrome. Yeah, you were looking for something else, not this movie. Dude, he's he is bitter. He is very distinct, but he's had relationships with people in the neighborhood that uh, the uh, the guy who's in the wheelchair, the black dude in the wheelchair who had a stroke or something. Who couldn't talk. He had a relationship with him either. They had a falling out, That's whatever. That's when white people want a relationship with you, nigga. When you can't <laughs> talk. When a nigga is incapacitated, paralyzed in a wheelchair, and can't speak. Oh, look at this nigga. I love him. But he's see, black, but he's quiet. But see, he's not He's not bitter. He's, he's, he's not, uh, like you said, not an angry man. He's a bitter man because he lost the love of his life. And they go through this. He is, can't live anymore without her. He wants to move on from this world. He doesn't want to move on from the world because he hates the world. He hates this world without her. And that's the point. He was always at a low. She was what the other half of him that made life worth living. When there's the scene where you walk into the kitchen and she goes, oh, your kitchen's so nice. And why is the counter so low? Why is it like that? And then you find out their relationship and how he was with her. And it didn't make none of that made a difference. All he wanted to do was make her life great. And when she left... He had nothing. And it showed that life could still be, there's still worth things worth living for in life. That was the point of the movie. It was, he, he was so in love that there was nothing else that was, uh, that was valuable to him except for her. And then he saw uh, uh, a way to make his legacy by through, through the, uh, through the, the family that he, he becomes part of and found his family that he was never able to have. And he was able to pass his legacy on through them. That was the point of the movie. You didn't get that because the only thing you saw was your dick getting soft. <laughs> he wanted to fuck. And that was about, you wasted a good bottle of Prosecco. And by the way, I just want to let you say. And some Viagra, nigga. Yeah, okay. Damn near wasted the Viagra. 
Prosecco is not champagne. I just want to let you know that Prosecco what is, is it? Spark, what is it? sparkling wine. And the reason I'm saying that only champagne comes from Champagne, France, the area of France called Champagne. That's the only place you can get champagne. Everything else is you know, sparkling I, I wine. I want to let you know for the record, I do appreciate sometimes your homosexual facts. <laughs> I worked in a liquor uh, now store. Now it's time for homosexual facts, facts with Andy Steinberg. I worked in a liquor store. And what's important, the reason why I say that is so when, and, and since you called it champagne, I wanted to let people know who listen to this so that they don't make that mistake when they go somewhere and they're trying to be fancy and cool and call some shit champagne. Anything made in America is sparkling wine. It's not champagne, even if it's made in a, sh- in a method champenois style. What, what, is, what, is, what, is, what, is dim- what is beer made of? What is that ingredient? Hops. It's made from hops. hops. It, it can be what is made- it, a grain? I, yeah, I, I mean, beers can be made from different things. There's a uh, framboise makes, you know, they, they use it with peach and raspberry and they infuse it. But, but no, but the main a, thing yeah. is what the hops, right? Hops, carbonation. I don't I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm bringing guy. that up to say, I'm, I'm bringing that up to say. Oh, Burt Bridgewater would never know about <laughs> sparkling wines and champagne. A real man. Let me tell you what a real man does. A real man takes the hops puts it in the palm of his hand and chews it like tobacco until it turns into beer in his mouth. All right. All right. Um, Dude, uh, you told me the movie was horrible. I saw online where the reviews said people hated it. The remake for white men can't jump. Oh, was this doo-doo in the toilet, nigga? You know who I, I hate to say this because I'm going backwards in our podcast today, but I have to. You know who likes this film? Who? People who think Jordan's the goat. This movie is is for a different generation than we're from. Wait, 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 wait. You said the people that like this remake? Yeah. No, the people that like the the remake, remake are people that think LeBron's, LeBron's the sorry, goat. Sorry, I said it wrong. LeBron is the yeah. goat. Yeah. Because it's made for a different generation. It's made Absolutely. for that new generation. Andy, that was one of my fucking notes. Okay. I swear to God. I said, where, where did I write this? Uh, it said, this remake was made for the young, wilding out MTV demographic. When his chick said to him, we need to show him, show them you that nigga. When she said, we need to show them you that nigga. And I went, dude, in, in the fucking original, his wife was classy. His wife was a was a working class woman who happened to be in a circumstance in terms of how they were living that was looking desperately to get out of that. She had too much class to use that word. Even Wesley, as black as he was, was a real professional. He wasn't no street nigga. Yes, he had, you know, street nigga, you know, persona. But by no means was he some, in other words, you would never catch him with his pants sagging. Not only would you catch him with his pants sagging, but there's a very, I think there's a line in there that I think is important in the original. And that is where uh, Wesley looks at, uh, at uh, what's it, Woody Harrelson and says, yeah. oh, you're a very cool character. You don't let anything rattle you. You don't even get rattled when we do it and basically says that N-word, that N-word shit. You don't let that right. rattle you. And then it, it kind of said something in a way that like kind of let people know really how that word was supposed to work even back then. And, uh, you know, he wasn't, that wasn't his word. You don't let that rattle you when people use it around you. You don't become part of that. You just stay that goofy white boy basically is what it was. I thought this movie just took on a whole different 
Let me let me tell you something, man. From the from the get from the get go, I'm 30 minutes into this movie and I feel no emotional connection at all. This movie was a big no for me because Wesley and Woody's chemistry was special. Yeah, which is why they went on to not only just make the white man can't jump, they made Money Train. I mean, those are big shoes to fill. Wesley, Woody, and Rosie, like the chick playing. This version's character of Rosie Perez, nothing interesting about her at all. No. And, 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 I, and I loved how in the original, her dynamic and Woody's dynamic in terms of personality, tone, flavor, complete opposites, which made their relationship to me that much more intriguing. Well, this chick was as... as, as as exciting as flypaper, nigga. Well, it's because I don't feel like they ever made a reason why these guys needed to do this. And, and to your point, to that point, what the fuck at the end, dude ends up doing the hitting the game winning shot, playing a tournament without his partner. Whereas in the original, yo, that was the thing. That was the tandem. Woody and Wesley. How they, how, why they fucking did that? Oh, dude got, uh, 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 which which call if uh, ejected and wasn't allowed to compete because he he punched dude out. What? And then and then and then the, the lame jokes when he hit the black guy and he goes the other two black guys who are the who are the Abbott and Costello in this well here nigga now. Like, get the fuck out of here with all that man. I that shit was lame. <laughs> I you know when you know right now I'm sitting here and you talked about um. The white dude, uh, the, the white dude's girl, in this, right? That you yeah. said, you know, Rosie's character, but Rosie's character was prominent. So, I, 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 I'm having a hard time even remembering her. I'm having she a hard played, time. She played. She played. She <clears> played. <throat> Tom Holland, aka Spider Man's love interest. No, no, I know that, but I'm having a hard yeah. time reminding. Reminding. I can't even picture a scene of her in the movie. It was so lackluster there was nothing to it i don't understand why they remade it to make this and this is a bear this is barris too this is one of his films he wrote it yeah i I didn't know that till i read i saw the ending credits like you know and but now a little bit of it makes sense because here's another thing and the original wesley and woody yeah they hit the race button but they hit it early and they left it alone the rest was about comedy and basketball. And this, you, now I'm starting to go, I, I see I see Kenya Barris's fingerprints on this. Because the race thing, they, they kept going to it. And it felt forced. Well, They, keep they it, were pushing that too hard. They keep it, the race thing in it, but they keep it very, it's, it's different. Like he goes, oh, I can't, oh, so I can hear Jimmy now? I can hear Jimmy? No. Right. So they, they they did that through the through the whole movie. There was a there was a race dynamic, but there was but the race was the secondary part of the movie because the friendship and basketball was the first part of the movie, and then it's the race level, and then how that fits into it because it's uh, the whole thing is about him being a goofy white boy with in, with Woody Harrelson, but selling that yeah, yeah, right. But once we got that, which we got in the original early on, yeah, they didn't beat us over the head with it. No, there was, and there was some, I, I don't know. It's just different now. It's different. And we're not, it, it may, and it, it reconfirms that I'm not part of this new 
generation, this new, the culture that's coming up from this generation. And I have to accept that I have to stop not just not commenting on it as an old guy, but commenting on it as I didn't like it and it and then deferring to maybe it's because of this. And that's what I'm going to say for now on. Maybe it's because I'm not part of this generation. Maybe it's because I don't see it the same way. I don't know what they saw in this because it wasn't well written. It was and and it, it performed. And when I saw it was Barris's product, he was the writer. It I saw the uh like a TV show in it. Like it very it felt very like the dialogue, the way it goes, it was very TV show-esque. And that's why it didn't feel like it had, I didn't get anything from this movie at all. Like if it was- Dude, when they, when they, when they did like an homage to the original, when dude said, you know what? I'm going to go to my car. I'm going to get my gun and I'm going to kill everybody. This one, dude gets a flamethrower. Yeah. A flamethrower. Who the fuck carries a flamethrower? Well, I understood what they were doing with it. I didn't. I, I got it. They're burning it down. They took it to another level. This is the new. I, I just didn't, it didn't feel connected to me. And it was a funny scene in the first one that he goes to rob the guy that knows him to get the money. Right. And, you know, it was like, I, I don't know. It, the, the, the scene, maybe it doesn't play. Maybe that scene doesn't play the same way as it did back then, but it was to be humorous. It was to be. It, 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 I, I don't know, man. I, I just didn't get this, dude. The, the, the one of the only other note I have is, you know, and they did a lot of cutscenes to them on the way to the main tournament. You know, doing what they were supposed to be doing, running the con job, playing. You know, doing the hustle. They had the one hustle where they were playing on what looked like there was a beach, a huge beach, out in the fore in the background, and they're playing. One of the dudes they're playing has a bicycle helmet on. With a mirror attached to the bicycle helmet. Yeah. That's when I went, what the fuck am I watching? I don't know. Maybe it's a play towards Wesley wearing the bicycle hat throughout the whole movie uh, in, 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 in the original. No, nah, that is, I, with all due respect, that is you so trying to piece together some shit that don't go together. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to I understand. You, that, that's, that, I don't even begin to make that connection. The flamethrower to the, I'm going to go get my gun. That even played to guy going, I'm going to my car. Yeah. So that was obvious. Well, that, that's obvious. And it looks like it's in the same place that they're playing at. It's it, Yes, that too. So, But the fucking, a, a dude with a, an actual bicycle helmet. Who the fuck have you ever seen anybody play basketball with a bicycle helmet on with a mirror no. attached to it? Well, you got to see the guy coming behind you. Uh, yeah, that, that was so fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, again, it's bicycle and bicycle. It's the only thing that I can make a connection to why they would do it, why they would think that would be funny. But here's my, here's my thing. Listen, if you're out there and you're listening to us and we, you know, we're old heads and you want to go, you're old heads. You didn't get it. This movie's different because it comes from a different point. Can you do me a favor? Because I did this. I swear to I did this. Because Tara has never seen White Man Can't Jump. And so we, this one was on. She the original? Goes, she never had seen it. So she goes, I never seen the original. So I said, well, I need to, I need to watch this one. I want to watch this one. I want to talk about it and see what it's like. I said, I don't know if it's going to be good. I heard a lot of things that it wasn't good. So I, I put it on. We watched it. And she looked at me like I, she didn't get it. Now, Tara's younger than me. So, you know, she didn't get it. But then I, she goes, I go, do you want to watch the original? And I watched the original right afterwards. It's not even close. Did she get that? She loved it. Yeah, she thought the first one was funny. And Rosie Perez. So you know what? The, so, okay, go ahead. Yeah, and the Rosie Perez. There was characters in, in this one that, that made sense. So she got that one. Yeah. She didn't get you know the, what this means? What? 
Jordan's better than LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I, I, I'm not putting it up, but if you guys could watch, it, whoever says that I'm not, we're old heads and we don't get it. Can you go watch the other one and then explain to us what we're not getting? Go watch the yeah, other one. That, you know, I, I think you, for me, you summed it up best when you said, and it did, this felt like a TV show. Yeah. The other one felt like a real movie with better writing, better in-depth characters, uh, better jokes. Better everything. You can develop a character in a movie. You're supposed to develop a character in a movie. I don't know what these... I, I still... I, I understood... You don't understand any of the characters till the very when, end. When Woody Harrelson and the original blew the money because it seemed like he had an addiction, that felt like real human life shit. He was a fuck up. He was trying to get things right. He wasn't disciplined, so he lost the money. His woman left him, whereas Wesley's drive was, hey, I'm trying to put my, my, my family in a better situation. I already have two jobs. I'm hardworking, but I'm disciplined. Yeah, but there's... A, there's I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going for the glory just for the sake of it. Yeah, I play basketball. I love it, you know, uh, but, but there's a means to an end. But there's another piece to that, too, in the original. And, and you know, maybe this is because and, and, uh, who's I forgot the producer of the original one is a white dude. Um, so maybe that has something to do with what I'm about to say. And this goes back to um, Larry Bird saying, and, the, and it's very famous where they talk about Larry Bird said, I forgot who he said it to, but hey, man, it's very disrespectful. And he goes, what's disrespectful? You put in a white guy on me. Don Nelson. Okay. So putting a white guy on Bird, a white guy in a black dominated field feels can feel insecure. And then to have something, an ability where you can't dunk or you can't, or you're being called out for being white is his weakness because that's how he, you know, the other guy said he couldn't shoot. He couldn't put up board. And so that's when he doesn't throw the game. And they explain that in the middle of the movie, why they're going through this, not at the end of the movie. But anyway, he, um, there he is. And, he goes, why didn't you dunk that? And you don't even realize that that's going to be the point of the movie. That's going to be the, his, his fall down with, with Wesley is, why didn't you dunk that? I gave it to you so you could put that in his face. He's been giving it to you all game. I put it up there so you could put it in his face. And, he's, and he can't dunk. And, and that's why he says to him, pull over. I'm going to show you I can dunk. And he couldn't. And this is his weakness. This is how he always fucks up. But I like that at the end, and this is where the triumph is, if you believe in yourself, you can get your shit done. And that's where uh, Wesley believed in him, put the ball up and he was able to finally, he was able to dunk it now. Yes. But that's, but see now this is now, let me ask you this question. Is that why this is, is that why you might think that this is a white movie? What do you mean? Why white do I man think can't it's a jump? white movie? A white perspective on white man can't jump the original. No, listen, they, again, they address the elephant in the room. I don't think you could call it white men can't jump. And then also not uh, address some of the, you know, stigmas and the stereotypes, which they did. Okay. But they didn't beat us over the head with it. Okay. I, they addressed I, it. They got it out the way. They maybe hinted to it a little bit comedically throughout. But for the most part, it was that layered with human shit, addiction, fucking up. Friendship at the end. Friendship. At the end. That this, friendship coming together. Yeah. 
Yeah, this one, th- this one just felt like, how do we be able to say no cap, lit, uh, you that nigga, he, oh, you a nigga now, and all of the shit that the young kids say today. How do we make this movie for that generation? Yeah, I think, again, you hit it, the nail on the head. You know, It what? felt like a TV show, and it felt like they made a movie for this generation. And you know what my review of this movie is? <clears throat> that was too easy. <laughs> nice uh, Alright Love to love you baby So on um, This premiered on Saturday This past Saturday 8pm My girl's brother <clears throat> Was in town in LA And he works for this company Where they do these major parties And he builds stages For these events so there's a major event going on <laughs> from three o'clock in the afternoon till about midnight, downtown LA, outdoor festival, music, food trucks, some real hippie shit, you know, rave music, white folks dancing with blankets and sheets twirling and doing a bunch of look like Woodstock shit. But nonetheless, he invited me and her down. So we went, um, how on many, the way how there, how many black folks were there? I just wanted to know. Oh, you nigga, white, probably you, me and enough <laughs> to call us family. <laughs> so on the way there to the to the event, we see a big poster tonight. HBO uh, Donna Summers' "Love to Love You, Baby" documentary, and I said, "Yo, me and Andy gonna watch that tonight because we're gonna talk about it on the pod." Uh, I didn't know my my girl was a big Donna Summer fan. Uh, so on the way back home, she's playing Donna Summer's greatest hits. <clears throat> and I said to her, this album is the black, and I don't need to say black, but I, I, I could see it though. This is the gay man's Bible. This is straight Billy Porter, fairy godmother, getting dressed to go out, thigh high boots, rouge lipstick. The whole kit and caboodle, kit, kit and caboodle, uh, and I listen. I like Donna Summer. You know, bad girls uh, work hard for the money. Love to love you, baby. She's had some hits, man. Uh, but nonetheless, man, I, I I just went. Look, we know that you know, like all people, there are different colors of black people, light skin, dark skin, different tribes of black people. I think the same thing can be said within the gay community. There's, you know, regular gay, and then there's fairy godmother, snap finger. Uh, there's the, you know, super saiyan gays, a la Dragon Ball Z. And Anderson Cooper is one of the conservative gays. I see him dressing Eliza Minnelli and Barbara Streisand on a hot night out, whereas the niggas is, you know, Billy Porter and Magic Johnson's son. It's Donna Summer, nigga. Woo, this thing, man. This is fucking explosive cake, nigga. (laughs) I'm sorry. So when I watch this thing, they open up immediately with her doing the love to love you, baby. And she's gyrating all sexually. She's in a white dress and she's going, "Ah, ah, ah," making these orgasmic sounds. And immediately I just thought to myself, dude, she is the female Teddy Pendergrass. Like Teddy Pendergrass, I don't know if you ever saw his documentary on Showtime. I have, I have. 
he he exuded sex. He he he. he there, there, there's the one moment where he's sweating. I guess he's outdoors, and when that wind hits you, steam comes off your body. <laughs> so she to me is the female version of just. And that's what I mean when I go, listen, man, and I say this respectfully and with love, the gay community, especially I'm talking about the Super Saiyan gays. And I know you don't watch Dragon Ball Z. I know one of your sons, the one who's in the anime, yeah. would crack up at True. that. True. But, I mean, she capulates the stereotypical, loud, braggadocious homosexual. Well, the grinding, the orgasmic noises, the the, the glamour of it. That's because she was the queen of disco. She that that sound that she captured is the disco. That is what became the disco sound. Was known as the disco sound. There was disco before her. There was dance clubs, and right. and those dance clubs, especially in New York, especially at that time, that disco going out, going out to meet people, to go dance. There there was gay. There was a lot. It was a gay club. It was a gay atmosphere. Whether it was a gay club at the time, but quickly became gay dance clubs. I mean, Studio 54 was a lot of gay dudes dancing. It wasn't a gay club, but it was was a gay club, whether you want. But but, but, but to your point, again, you just said, that felt like a, I know the wording on this may not be the best, but that felt like a gay time. That music, the way the, it played, the way you moved your body, the liberation—it it was very was, free. It was liberating because at that time, liberating. There you go. Yeah, because at the time, gay people were fighting for a right to exist, and this was their place where they could go. And the people that went there were, uh, were the, the people that went there. Whether it was, however you want to look at it. It was a place that was welcoming to all people of all sexual orientation. So they were able to come in. A dance club allowed you to be that. Now, when you go back, let's go back to that Saturday Night Fever. If you were in Queens and it was the Italian neighborhood, it was a dance club for heterosexual people. But if you go to New York City and it's Studio 54, it was all inclusive. Everybody got to do whatever they wanted to do. And you were partying. That's also cocaine where you were high and you're doing what you want to do. That's this that time. A fun time. And, and, and listen, I want to bring, I got two notes, two things that I want to say at this very start of this uh, documentary. You brought it up, love to love you, baby. And it's her doing the, <laughs> you know. Orgasmic noises. Yeah, all that where she's. You, you know, sounded like when you did that, a teenage girl being tickled. Yeah, well, I don't orgasm that way. So uh, here's, how, <laughs> here's how it goes. My, I'll never forget it because this is 77, maybe. I, I don't remember what year that, come, that comes out. 77, 77. My, my, my parents got the 20, my dad brought home the 20-minute version of Love to Love You, Baby. It's the disco version. It's the one that they played in the clubs. And he brings it home, and they put it on the stereo. And if you don't put this, she had the old record player where, you know, you could put like six records on there, and that what they would drop down. One at a time. So that's that was kind of like uh, how the CD changer, but it was like a record, so the record would drop down. But if you didn't, if you only had the one on and you had the arm pulled back, it would just the needle would go all the way to the end, and it would come back up, go all the way to the beginning of the record, come back down, and start the record over. My dad brought that record home, and on Saturday morning or Saturday sometime, sometime I think it was morning. Told uh, told all me and my brother and sister to leave them the fuck alone, 
and he locked the door and out of the bedroom, you just heard the record player playing Love to Love You Baby for a long time. He was by himself? No, he's with my mom. They were fucking. Oh, okay. So he was having a Louis Armstrong moment with your mother that my father had with mine when Louis was on. Yeah, okay. But the See, record- your father didn't even try to hide it. No, and the records, we didn't know what it was. It was just Love to Love You, but we thought it was just a cool disco song. We were too young to really understand. But then, now, this is going on and on because it's a 20-minute album, but it keeps dropping. It keeps going resetting. That's how that record player works. <laughs> so they're in there for over an hour, right? And they're hearing this, and then you could hear Donna Summers, though, doing the, ooh. And the, and the, uh, so that keeps going, right? And, and you know, we're sitting there, and you know, as, as I'm the oldest, and I'm starting to figure out, hey, they're, they're fucking right. So in my mind, every time that song comes on, I can't help but think about that noise coming out of that door, but you can't see the people in there. Right. So you just have the sound. And my image of that is the door. Right. So then uh. they cut to this coming up. And then they show all the gay dudes at the club dancing and the grinding <laughs> on each other and, and the sound. And then you hear, and then right. you hear the, that changed that whole perspective of the door and what was going on behind the door for me uh, in that moment when I started to watch the video, when I started to watch the doc. That's hilarious. Because I don't have a visual look. The look was provided to me by the the uh, the, the documentary. So all of a sudden I'm listening to it and I'm going, oh, that brings back memories. And I'm like sitting there thinking about it. And the next thing I know, it's this memory of my mom and dad turned into the gayest thing that I've ever that I've seen on the documentary. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God. So it's, it's, it's ruined that little memory that is weird memory to even have of your parents into like this uh, pseudo homosexual uh, show going on. But the thing that leads me to the next part of that is Giorgio Moroto is the Moroder is the person that they talked about who has produced tons of music. And if you don't know much about him and he's the guy who produced that, uh, album came up with those the, the 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 basically the drum machine sounds that are in that and it kind of really set what the parameters for disco was but he's all through the even into well well into the 80s he's done all kinds of movies you got to know who this guy is so that you can really understand that time point of music and what his influence in on music is because this is just some that that weird dude you see him in the dock but check him out because it it, it it's huge on music all throughout the music through through all the sounds are stolen from hip hop to funk, uh, you know it's 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 in there all this music and from disco, so it's it's very interesting. Um, like at one point they talked about how when she was on stage, women threw undergarments at her. Yeah, I've never heard that. I I, I thought that was just a strictly man thing, but women threw panties and bras at her. Now, is it safe to assume those were gay women? Because what straight woman? Would throw underwear at a woman. Uh, I would. I would guess. I don't. I don't know. I just. I. I, I well, think, you know how women can go piss with each other. Yeah. And go. You know, girl, I got my tits done. Look at them. Feel them. And women go, girl, those are nice. Let me feel them. You know how women can play them semi-gay innuendos. And if you're, that, that's why I'm saying, is it straight women doing that, or is it strictly, you know, Rosie O'Donnell slash Shirley Hemphill? What's happening, women? I think women connect with women in all sorts of different ways that men don't connect with other men. I mean, nigga, I got my balls done. Cup them, cup them. I, I, you know, seriously, when you say that though, if if a woman could go, there's, think about this. If a woman saw something on her vagina that she had a problem with, I love saying vagina. I don't know why I like that word so much because it just sounds. Nah, nigga, you, you, nah, you, you done introduced us to patois. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. But is there was something on there that was uncomfortable to her? Thought she, she would have, most women don't have a problem going to their girlfriend and going, I think there's something here. Look at this. I can't, you know, I, it's, is this something? How many guys are going to rip out their dick and go, look at my dick. There's something over here. I, I don't, it, it's a different, there's just difference on how we can, how our sexual, how we connect sexually. Uh, right. So like if a woman was fucked up and she was in it and she's listed to Donna Summers and her panties got wet, maybe she throws them on stage. Just look what you did to my panties. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not just, I, I don't know what anybody was feeling. Uh, what was that? 40 years ago, 50 years ago. This, so when that, when that song, damn, that's how old I am. Uh, what is it? 40 years ago, 30 <clears throat> years ago when that's, uh, uh yes, yes. Seventies. It was in the seventies. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Um, I don't know what anybody was feeling at that time, but they're throwing that up there. She's like the biggest thing ever. Uh, unbelievable, man. Just like I, I it's go go into the doc though. Talk about the doc. Get into the notes. You know, I I I didn't know. Listen, the, my my most the most knowledge I ever had on Donna Summer was like I said the songs because I had heard them, but I didn't know anything about her, the person or or or. Anything in terms of depth regarding her career. Uh, and I like how they said, uh, like she was very smart musically and how she changed. And they said how she changed the landscape of music electronically. Yes. Like, you know how, you know, you know, you've seen from the movies to the documentaries, James Brown, you know, my anything, Michael Jackson, Prince. You, you, we've always seen how, how, how much of an intricate role they play in the process. Don't do that. Hit this note. They're in the studio. Tell the telling the engineer, bring me up here. Turn me down. You see where they have influence, where, where they're intricate in the process. I didn't know that she was that deep into the, 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 the process. That talent. And and right. And how smart she was in terms of knowing musically what she wanted, the sounds that she wanted, and how. She was a game changer. Well, I, I think they didn't give her, she didn't get enough credit for it because uh, I didn't realize as much uh, how much she contributed, how much of a contribution she made to her own music because they made it seem like she was like, when you say disco queen, it's a girl who can sing and we're going to put her out there and she's going to do these, these songs that make you want to dance. That isn't, that's, that's dance music. Dance music isn't always considered to be the most technically on point music. But hers was different. Hers was right. different. And then when you get into the fact that she didn't, she left the United States to start this career, to, to get away, to become herself, and then find out that that's not who she is, that she says, I, do, you, do, you, do you believe that, that she's playing a part? Or do you think that this is some character? I, I like when people say they're playing I, I, a part. I believe, I believe with all artists, especially in music, I think it's true in comedy too, but especially in music, yeah, there's a persona. I think all artists ultimately truly want to be themselves, but until they either find who that voice is or they're allowed to break the shackles of what the record company demands of you. Uh, yeah, they're all playing a part. Well, I, I think that that part discredited her in some ways back then, because I don't think she got a, as much credit as she deserved. Uh, it's interesting when you see her documentary and you see her talent and beyond the talent. And then, you know, when she really does start to produce 
more, I don't want to say authentic to herself, maybe music where, you know, works hard for the money, even though it still has a, a dance, dance feel to it. It has more technical aspects of, of what her, her range was. Right. You know who she is. Um, um, she didn't like the brothers, man. She didn't have a taste for the brothers. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know. She's, uh, she stayed, I, she stayed in that vanilla bean. Maybe that's just what she was comfortable with. I wish they would have explained why that was. Do you think it had anything to do with when they do explain that she was molested by her past? Yeah, my girl mentioned that. She, we watched it together. She mentioned that might have had something to do with it. But I wish they would have delved into that a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah, she's, yeah. She's not, I was like, God damn. She's not there to say anything about it. So maybe that's why they didn't delve into it. They didn't get into why. But I'm sure that somebody in her family had some ideas. Like her sisters are on the road with her. That's also very amazing. I thought that was kind of unique that she decided, you know, uh, I'm paying these backup singers. Why don't I bring my family? Have my family on the road with me and put them to work and give them something. I do have to ask you this question, though. And this is going to get me in trouble, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, and this is a this is a fucked up question, and I and I mean this jokingly. And then I have to ask the other question: Is you watch these these docs and all the famous people that you know we we watch their experience? There's a lot of them who talk about being sexually assaulted and abused, a lot. Right. So is that the key to success in the entertainment business? I don't know, but I'm ready to be diddled. <laughs> <laughs> I, I threw it out there. I threw the lob out there for you to go ahead and take it. But I, that's why I said it's a joke. But but is it? I you know, I, I look in reality and perspective. I think, uh, I think no. I, I think there are more times that that doesn't happen than it does happen. Uh, I definitely think it does happen. Uh, but I don't think in terms of if you put one on this, if you put one on one side of the scale and the other on the other side, I think it's a landslide. Uh, but you know, the way I'm listen, watching, I, 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 I jokingly say like when I, again, when I did Bill Bellamy's podcast, I'm at a point now where I, you know, I'm, I'm ready to ask the devil what's the going rate on a soul. So <laughs> to, to what you just said, which is a lot darker, um, yeah, man, I'm ready to sit on somebody's lap and be told a story while I feel something uncomfortable in between my butt crack. I, I'm just, it, it seems, uh, honestly, I, I'm going to say, I, I, I think it's because maybe we didn't have as much information. It wasn't processed. People didn't feel, com couldn't come out and say these things have happened to them. But it's a lot more common than I would have assumed that someone is getting to somebody. You know, I think there's this myth that genius comes with torture, true genius, great genius, respected, loved, admired genius comes with a tortured soul. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to go into the Tupac doc because we're going to get into that. But one thing I will say uh, that Snoop said is that some of the best writing comes out of pain. So maybe to that Again, I I don't think that's the majority all the time. But it can but be an I accelerant. That, it can be it, an accelerant. okay. There you go. Uh, yeah, through through pain and strife, 
you know, you're trying to survive. You're trying to figure a way out. So that's when you put your best foot forward. I don't think that has to be the case to to uh, no, produce but gold. I, I, but I think that uh, that pain that, and, and, and generally it happens to people younger. So it, that pain is something that you're dealing with. But like you just said, and as Snoop said, you know, that, that, that comes from writing. To be able to release that, that what's in you that has caused you so much pain is it gets you, I think it allows you to become yourself and a deeper person. Um, I don't reckon, I'm not, you know what, here's how I'd like to say it. I'm not recommending it, <laughs> but I'm saying that it does seem, you know, with all trauma and, and like you, you say, pain comes the, the cathartic release from writing. You can write yourself out of your pain or at least put it out there in a way that allows you to feel a little bit more free of it. So maybe that does have um, the pain in general is just what makes the, the people. Great. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know she was the first black female artist on MTV. That was uh, that was wild. I didn't know that because we. I, I, I you know I like most people. My introduction to anybody black on MTV was Michael Jackson and Prince. I don't ever recall a Donna Summers moment. Yeah, I remember Donna Summers on uh, MTV. But I love. Really, I, I lived for MTV, dude. Like I said, I'm. Don't forget, ten years older than you. In high school, when we finally got cable in Tucson, Arizona, in my neighborhood, that's all that was on when my dad wasn't home. Right. I was just in front of the TV watching as many videos as I could could get in there, because it was uh, it was great. When she was at the, uh, it looks like she's at the Hollywood Bowl, a big, a big. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, uh, this I, I got to give you credit for something you said. I got to find. I, I wrote it down. Let me where did I put it? Right here. Uh, you said this. Um, seeing it live performance at the Hollywood Bowl, uh, all the white people that were there. Now, now it's white. It's not gay. It's just white people in stands watching it, but dancing. Yeah. You're right. White people do dance like 142, 57, 88, 97. <laughs> and they zoom in on a guy. And I don't know if you caught this, but they zoom in a guy that looks, but this is, you know, obviously not him, but it looks just like Mark Cuban and dancing horribly. And I was like, that looks like yeah. Mark Cuban. And, uh, but you're right, man. When I saw that Hollywood uh, people, especially white people in like the 80s, that was loose, man. Dude, white white people dance like they just got tased. Yeah, that that would be a good way to say it. Yeah, because it 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 was. I, I saw that and I go, well, that's a different experience right there. The Hollywood Bowl, and she's saying, stand up, stand. She's getting him to stand up, and I would. Yeah. I, I think when she saw what was happening, she should have went sit back down, sit down, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. Um, uh, two two quick points and I, this is before i get to i know we got some meat and potatoes on this one but before we get to this one i'm going to ask you because i know you're the uh you're the food wine slash beverage <laughs> slash art connoisseur uh so this is another homosexual facts with andy i like that segment homosexual facts with andy anyway um i didn't know we didn't know until later in in the documentary that she had a love for painting. Yeah. And they, they cut to a part of her house, which has a lot of her paintings in it. Uh, do, do you feel any of those paintings were Basquiat-like? No. 
I felt she had her own style and it was very interesting. I liked her paintings, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you picked up on it. I don't know if you, if you noticed, it was very interesting because I, I actually have a little note that, uh, that wanted me to ask you about this because you asked me a, a long time ago, uh, would you have, Oh, I'm sorry. Keep that, keep that. My girl pointed out and I did not know it. Basquiat was Puerto Rican and Haitian. Yeah. I thought he was just, you know, no, he uh, Haitian is black, but yeah. I, I thought he was American black. He's from America as well. His mom was from, I think his, his dad, Puerto, but Haitian was what he said. If you, when you asked, him, okay, so Haitian and I did certainly didn't know he was Puerto Rican part Puerto Rican. Why, why did she tell you this? What, what was her? She wanted, she, cause she's Puerto Rican. She wanted to claim some of that. Yeah. She, she wanted to claim. Yeah. But they yeah. didn't, they, no one claimed him black Puerto Rican or anybody when he was in the, in the eighties running around. He was just that dude. He's the well, weird dude. They claimed him, but you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you asked me, you said, uh, is there black artists? What, what, is art all art? Or is there black art, white art? When you looked at her art, did you see a black artist? Did you see a white artist? Or did you see an artist? Dude, art is so abstract that unless it's an Ernie Barnes piece or like when we watched that HBO doc about the black art. Yeah. Unless it comes from an artist where you can specifically tell this is geared towards black culture, who knows? Well, the reason I said that is because I don't know if it was a black artist or a white artist, but I did see someone dealing with race in her art when she when she's doing in, in a in, and when I say race, I'm talking about perspective of race, not racial, not overtones. I'm talking about skin color in race. To look at her paintings, and you knew they were family paintings, and she's doing some in, in a light tan, in an almost white, in black, and I'm like, she's 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 communicating her experience through this because you can see the different colors and her family being multi multicultural, having different people uniqueness. I thought the art was extremely, uh, really uh, self reflecting in some ways, and I really thought so. A lot of it was great when I was looking at it, what they were showing, uh, but. A lot of musicians have a, a tendency to be uh, multi. Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, art faceted. Yeah, multifaceted with art because a lot of people paint that do music, and there's a there's a big connection to music and painting anyway because a lot of painters needed music when they painted. So uh, there's a connection there anyway. So it, it, it seemed normal to me. Uh, that she would be an artist. But then when I looked at her art, I thought there was some really interesting pieces, but there's a lot of art. She painted a lot. Yes. Um, <clears throat> now the controversial moment when she said on stage, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Uh, and then later, I think that she was wasn't a misquote. That was in a song I think she did, right? Adam and Eve. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, but where she really got the fallout was when they said that she was quoted as saying something about, um, you know, AIDS being a gay person's disease and blah, blah, blah. Well, she said she never, in a press conference, she said she never said that. But the damage started from when she said God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And I just thought, why would she say that knowing her audience is heavily gay? I think it was something that she quoted and put put out there. I don't think that she was thinking about the repercussions of it when she was dealing with her 
new emerging uh, religious, religious, uh, you know, coming of coming to God kind of moment where she becomes very Christian. Um, and that's talked about. I don't think that she was, you know, to say that God made Adam and God made Eve is how it's written. So to quote that and then to put that out there that way, yeah, she should have, she could have been more careful, but I really don't think that she was trying to hurt any, I, 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 I would hope that she wasn't trying to hurt anybody with that. I think that she was, it was reflective of where she was in her, her place in uh, her life a little bit, but I don't think that she was trying to dis by saying that God, God didn't, if you read the scripture, God didn't make Adam and Steve, he made Adam and Eve. So to say it and to try to put it into uh, a unique way of putting it out, but having to have so much success because of the gay community, I understand the reaction. I, 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 I try to understand where people are coming from at the moment that they do it. And that's really what their intent was. And I don't think that was her intent. I don't, I don't, I, I really didn't. I didn't feel that way. I knew about it blowing up on her at the time, but it just didn't feel like that was, uh, that was her direction, but who knows? I mean, again, I'm not there and it didn't seem like you've been in this industry for a long time and you, you're going to work with a lot of people in entertainment in, in, in all facets of the arts that, that are gay. And so why would you, I, I, I'm sure there are people that just blatantly do build a wall against other people, but once you hang out with people and you have a, a reference for who they are as people, there's no way that you could feel that negatively towards someone, especially after how much you've been in the business and how much they enhanced your career. And then for, to, to, to turn that way, I just can't believe that it was intentional. Well, well, <clears throat> that's why I say to a certain degree, other, it, whatever the form of artistry is <clears throat> in terms of creativity and artistry, you know, the game is about entertainment and that all, a lot of that stuff all uh, falls under the same umbrella whether com comedian, actor, singer, dancer, professional athlete, it's all entertainment. And that's why I'm saying, I think more so in music than anything, but I think it exists a little bit with everything. The persona. Who people really are behind the curtain when the show is over is different from who they are in front of the curtain when the show is going on. You know, not to get sidetracked, but I, I've watched a couple episodes and two of my favorite from this TNT show, Rich and Shameless. I watched the one about Dennis Rodman getting swindled out of yeah. millions of dollars. And I just watched the one about Hulk Hogan versus Gawk. And, you know, He's on camera, recorded, saying, you know, nigga this, nigga that. I can't believe my daughter is fucking niggas. And if she's going to fuck a nigga, she should get a rich one. Now, of course, and, and it was hilarious. In an interview, Hulk Hogan goes, some of my best friends are black. Womp, womp, womp. That one. But then he goes, you know, to his defense, all the black wrestlers I'm friends with, all the black wrestlers I've worked with. And Lord knows, leave it up to one of us. Man, I believe he's a good dude and he should be forgiven. The niggas, we always step and fetch it. But nonetheless, uh, it, it, I forget what his last name is, but his real name is Terry, a.k.a. AKA Hulk Hogan. Is that who he really is? 
Because all we've known is the persona. Right. Brother, say your prayers, brother, eat your vitamins, pray to God, brother. You know, and, and, and we all love that American hero, that American wrestling icon. But behind the curtain, he, that may be who he really is. Okay. He even said in the recording, listen, I'm racist to an extent. So, you know. I, but, okay. To, 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 to Donna Summer, I, I'm with you. I don't believe inherently she's that person. But you also said, which I also believe, we don't know. No, we don't. We don't know who people really are when the lights are off and the sound stage is dark and the, and they're not working and they're behind closed doors. We don't know who they are. My gut, my spider sense tells me she's a sweet, loving woman who's not that person. But we don't know. She might have deep convictions about that whole thing. Well, she was raised. That she never would say Outside of, you know, the safety of friends and family and the comfort of our home. We don't know. We don't know. And uh, I don't think any of the family commented on it. Uh, well, the daughter did. The daughter says that uh, she waited too long. That, that, that was one of the big things is she waited a long time to comment on it. Um, I think people that usually are guilty want to comment on it immediately. That's the other reason she was thinking. I don't know. I, 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 I really can't judge and I can't even speculate because I don't know. But I want to I want to say something about the Hulk Hogan thing, because I do think this is funny because there is a there is a funny point to this. Not a funny point is haha. Funny is in how do we how do we rectify this, this thought process? So you have Hulk Hogan saying the things that he said, and he was using the N word quite profusely. Um. And then you said what he said. Uh, if she's going to date one of those, <laughs> just the way you said it, she's going to date one of those. That's what he said. Yeah, I know, literally. I know, I know. But she might as well date a rich. She should date a rich one then. Right. Okay. Let's reverse it though. Just, just, just out of curiosity. Well, we all know po niggas got the biggest dicks. Okay. They have the biggest dicks. <laughs> Them skinny braid wearing corn roll skinny niggas that look like. Uh, I don't know the right insect, but them niggas are pipe masters. Go ahead. They, they, they've tried to address this in some movies recently. Is a black dad welcoming the white guy over to the house? If she's going to date this goofy white guy, she might as well date a rich one. Is that not something that you could imagine a black person saying? A black father saying? Yeah, because, you know, a lot of times... Black black parents, we look to our kids as the come up. That's why, you know, if we didn't make it, we want our sons to be able to have a wicked jump shot or some potent rap lyrics. Because he's the meal, he or she is the meal ticket. ticket. All I'm all I'm asking is, is this a is this a is this listen, he's he's the whoever he is. And and there are people that I'm not I'm not giving a pass. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking it from a, a perspective. Of this, is it really? Is that the racist part? Is that the racist part that you would say? Couldn't he? De- Had he said without the n word? Yeah, that's what. If yeah. she's gonna date a black guy, at least let it be a rich one. Yeah, no n word, just black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm asking. It, that is that is racist. That's racist light. But is that any? That is sugar free racism. Okay, that you say that's racist, but is isn't it the same thing? Is but do you think a black dad would say the same thing about his black daughter bringing a white guy over to the house? Do you think it would be Possibly. unheard of? So is that racist? 
<sighs> no, because black people have earned a right to be racist. <laughs> no. We have earned the right no, to be that. There, there's, there's no earning a right to do the wrong thing. I'm going, I'm being comedic. I know you are. So what I'm saying is, I really want your answer though. Is it, 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 you don't have to say whether it's racist or not, but is it, is it something that you could go, yeah, you know, fuck them, you know, yeah, that's, that's how people think. That's how humans think because, because of your culture. But that's, that's, that's also how a certain generation thinks. You're right. Because I know Mexicans feel the same way. I know Jews feel this Jew. Take it out of the Jewish dads. Take the Jewish dad out. That's how Jewish moms feel. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to say about the rich, but just you know, they're, they're, they'll make a joke. They'll throw something in like that. Is it? I, I know this is wrong. Oh God, is this a true Jewish word? Shanuga? No, <laughs> I never heard that. It's something sh and a, and a nuga and it, it's shuganaga. Is, is it something like that in Jewish? I've heard something like that. I, I don't know what you're saying. There's no shah and a and a and a and a and a and niggas or something. My my Yiddish and my Hebrew are not good enough to uh, to allow me. I'm to telling you, I don't know for sure, but but I think I've heard Yiddish, Hebrew-ish, something a shenuga. Like I I know you think I'm going for something, but I, I know I've heard something like that. It's it's very possible. That's very if that is the case, I'm telling you, there's a joke there. Oh my God! If she's going to the Shanuga with the Shanuga, I, I know there's a joke there somewhere. I, I, I can tell you, there's there is a joke. Uh, I'll I'll tell you what the joke is, uh, and you uh, and people have to listen very closely to what I'm about to say. Otherwise, you're going to be thinking I'm saying something else. Uh, the word niggardly. Oh, that's a word. I've heard that. It's to be cheap. Yeah, niggardly. Yeah. Yeah, you Jews are very niggardly. Yeah, there's a joke. There's a lot of jokes in there. But what's yeah. what's happened is um, you can't say that because people hear it and then they think you're saying something else. And as we know, people shut down and don't even listen anymore. So Andy, don't be niggardly with the Shanuga for the Shanuga. <laughs> there you go. We suppose it's his birthday. We're treating him, and you're you're not you're not being you're not being very giving. You're being very niggardly with the shenuga for the shenuga. So, all right, that word niggardly is actually very racist towards Jews, not towards blacks. <laughs> uh, dude, let me tell you something. If they ever make a movie on, and I, I, I think this is long overdue, if they ever make a movie on Donna Summer, which they really should, uh, Kelly Rowland has that role. Yeah, I think Kelly Rowland resembles her. I think Kelly Rowland is perfect. I couldn't think of somebody that would be more perfect. Did you see, you did watch, thank God it's Friday though. I did. What did you think about Donna Summer in the movie? <laughs> she was cool. She sang in it. That's it yeah. Was, yeah. Well, she did what she did best. What did uh, you, I thought, I thought the DJ should have been Richard Pryor. Would have been creative. Was Richard Pryor, wouldn't it? If it was Richard Pryor, um, what did you think of Jeff Goldblum in this movie? Early Jeff. I Goldblum. think Jeff Goldblum has the unique ability <laughs> to be sexy and creepy at the exact same time. But Jeff Goldblum, and this is why I want you to watch this. Isn't he almost creature like in this movie? He's at the edge of creature. This is why I'm saying he has the ability to be both. Yeah. There, there's a there's a a, a a 
a sexiness to him, but there's also a creepiness to him. And if you, the fly, the movie, the fly, yeah, that really comes out of that. It comes, it, it just like, it feels like a woman could be safe enough to go home with him, but she doesn't know if she's going to be allowed to leave. Well, just don't look under the bed or don't open up a closet. Cause you don't know what you're. I find. don't. That's why. That's my work. Uh, you're not allowed to, to go to go in there. Uh, that's my work. Uh, you, 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 you wouldn't like if I came over to your house and and went through your things. So don't go through mine. Uh, it's getting pretty good. Um, I'm telling you, it's a work in progress. What did you What did you think of that movie? I wanted to tie in it this was, movie. It was. With it was. The, it was. It was on a much lesser scale it was car wash for disco it was car wash for disco it's same time same time period what'd you think of the leather right. what'd you think of the leather man <laughs> hey man uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a, supposed to be a hispanic character yeah yeah played by a white guy oh that now it makes sense yeah well, back when white folks just had free range to do anything. <laughs> that's all I got, man. That's that's a show, man. We're 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 over where we're supposed to be. So remember, folks, uh, we we are going to and, and, and I'm and I'm my 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 spidey sense is telling me based on Andy and I's history, uh, the Tupac documentary, Dear Mama, about Tupac and his mother, Afeni Shakur. That's probably going to be a two parter. Because there's a lot to dive into in that. Uh, I'm passionate about it. Andy's passionate about it. Uh, it moved me. I, I, I will not, I will say uh, without shame to some tears. Uh, I got. I, I love Pac. I always loved Pac. Always respected Pac. But I got a whole new level of respect and love for Pac after this documentary. So we will be talking about that. So do your due diligence and watch that if you have not. It's a five part documentary five hour, uh five hours total an hour each episode on hulu dear mama um also again if you want to write into the podcast Aries spears 45 at hotmail and I, I think i'm going to read this email that you'll hear tomorrow but the dude wrote in and said yo is it me or does it feel like a lot of the bitch badge holders have fallen off i know shamor ain't went nowhere she stay in the side seat with the chopper uh, but I think Farrah's gone. Uh, I know AB. I know she's still with us because she recently wrote in. Deidre Ann Johnson. She always writes in. So I know those three are still there. I don't know where CC is. Uh, and then you know what? Um, I don't really, forgive me, ladies. I don't really know too many of y'all like I know that, like that, like how I know the fellas. Uh, I know I, I'm Shamor. Farrah, CC, AB, uh, and Deidre. So if there's any more of y'all out there, um, let us know if you're still with us or if you've fallen off. I think I think Farrah fell off. I really do. Um, she hasn't written in. Uh, and, and you know, look, I'm joking, but I'm not joking, but I'm joking, but I'm not joking. You know, her man is white, so she might be gone. Uh, they might have got into a fight over some... <laughs> Condiments, and she, she's she's buried in some woods somewhere. He didn't spice. He didn't white spi dudes. He didn't spice the food enough. He didn't put yeah, enough spice on the food. She, 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 over, she over spiced the food. 
Yeah, so I don't know where she is. So, Farah, if you're out there, we would love to know. You ain't got to write in a long email. Just, you know, two words. Just say, I'm alive. Uh, that's it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got anything? Well, maybe you could have Rand Foots look for her. Listen, if she was in the woods, <laughs> that's the guy. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He would smell the cocoa butter. and the, Well, she was with a white dude, so she'd probably wear moose. <laughs> you know, black girls use moose? No, that's my point. Yeah, okay, but she's with a white dude, so he yeah. probably had her wearing moose. But what would that otherwise do? Rand Foots could smell the cocoa butter and the pink oil moisturizer? What would that do to a black girl's hair? Moose, nothing though, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, dude. You never hung out with your white girls long enough to get their grooming habits and see. Uh, see, what- nah, man. I, I, you know, I, 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 I you know. Usually when I sleep with a white broad, I laugh. I have her leave immediately uh, so I don't wake up uh, choking on uh, thin ha- angel hair pasta. Um, all right, man. Uh, I think that's... Uh, is that is that, the, is that what we're going to end on, though? <laughs> white girls? Yeah, yeah, man. We put out an SOS to Farrah. All right. All right. And Ranfoots to look for if, if she doesn't... Ranfoots, this hair don't smell like no regular leaves. <laughs> That there's cocoa butter and pink oil moisturizer. There's a sister in these here woods. All right, man. We're going to be at Helium this week uh, in Portland. If you're listening and you want to come check us out, come. uh, Man, that's a cool club. I still like this club. I like it, too. Uh, I, I, you know, it's just. And what we were in Cleveland last, right? Last time, yeah, we were in Cleveland last time we were out. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a big. uh, Listen. No, I'm not even going to say anything. Uh, so we're in, uh, like I said, we're going to be out May 25th to the 28th. We're at the Helium in Portland, Oregon. Uh, June 1st to the 3rd, we're going to be at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco. Cisco. Uh, that's when we should play uh, Love to Love You, Baby, right there. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, June 9th through the 11th, we're going to be at the Pittsburgh Improv. Uh, June 15th through the 18th, we're at the D.C. Comedy Loft in Washington, D.C. And going back to Arizona, June 23rd through the 25th at the Tempe Improv. Very excited to be back out there. Uh, I'll give a couple more dates. July 6th through the 9th, we're going to be at the Irvine Comedy Club uh, Improv. Uh, July 13th through the 15th, Punchline, Sacramento, California. July 20th through the 23rd, Aries is going to be excited about this. Houston Improv. Yes. There we go. Is that good? I think uh, I, I think that's good. I think we got it. I think we got it. <laughs>
do it face to face? No, I don't, I don't like that way. I don't like to see the face. You mean it? Nope. <laughs> That's crazy. Look! You can get a doggy started, you can get Ling on your side. Those are your only choices. This is my house and I get to say. Got it?